that you are here in this room today. Thank you for being here. Thank you for this band. Give them a little more love. Come on, y'all. Give them a little love. Love it, man. We're so thankful that you are here. We just got back from Juarez, some of us. Uh, I got back late last night, but there is a team that just crossed the border. They're watching in the airport. Give them a little love this morning. Come on, y'all. Come on. Woo! We're glad that you guys are there. And you're going, well, what did you do coming back from Juarez? Well, we work with the fire department, actually, Bossier City Fire Department and Benton Fire Department this year. We actually donate equipment every year or so uh, to support the wonderful communities in Juarez. We've been going for like nearly 30 years down there. But now, over the last six years or so, we have been taking equipment that cannot be used in the United States because it expires. Uh, and so they usually just get rid of it, destroy it. But now we found a great way to love on the people of Juarez. And so we went down with the thank God for Chief Zagone and uh, Dwayne Elliott, Special Operations. It's just good friends. And we had an awesome, awesome time. And the good news is the wonderful people of Juarez, the, police, uh, excuse me, the fire chief and a couple of his staff are going to come to Bossier City in April or May to get some training right here in Louisiana. So give them a little love in case Juarez was watching down there this morning. Pretty awesome. So that was fun. That was part of it, but that wasn't the only reason there. We had actually a group of about 23 people that joined us as well. Here's their group shot. Awesome experience. Uh, all of the things that we love to do, uh, we get to do during this trip, and that is put shoes on the feet of children that are in need. So I'll show you this next picture just so you can kind of understand the the power of that moment. There's so many people in poverty and so many think, you know, people going through difficult times and we're down there to do some good and to love on them, to change some lives. And also, not only do we put shoes on, we gave away clothes, all kind of great experiences, but we also got to cook for them. This was a pretty cool thing. They were outdoor in the communities, just go from place to place, uh, doing some amazing work. We've been working with Amigo Fiel for a long, long time. And it is a trip you do not want to miss. It's one of the cheapest uh, uh, trips you can go on, least expensive. Doesn't take a whole lot of time, but it will change your world, I promise you. So mark your calendar for next year because we always go around the same time. Uh, and it really is awesome. So I'm just very, very thankful for your support and for all those that make it possible for us to go down there. And while I was down there, I got inspired. All right, I was down there, and if you don't know what's going on in this series, we just started a new series last week called No Regrets, based on Scotty P. You might remember Scotty P. All right, it was this all little, having a little fun with it, and it's this whole idea of going into 2023 with no regrets. So I'll put up now our logo. Our, this is kind of our take on that. We obviously correcting some spelling, you know, trying to make sure that's straight. But what you don't know is, in this picture that we created, there are two tattoos of staff members, current staff members. I don't know if they regret them or not, but I'll tell you, this is Blake, our middle school guy over here, Lawson. And then this is Scott, who works with us, you know, went down with me down to Mexico. And he has this on his shoulder. He recently got married, and he didn't really regret it too bad until he got married, and his wife hated this tattoo. She was like, yeah, I just don't like it. You got I don't know if we're going to do all this. So we were talking about all this on our drive down to deliver the fire equipment. Well, we get down there, and Scott goes, I got an idea. I'm like, what's that? He goes, I think you should get your first tattoo. I'm like, dude, what, Scott? He was like, dude, we're in Juarez. Man, this is our homeland. Let's come down here. And we've been coming for 30 years. Let's do it. It'll be a memorable place. And so, look, I saw this picture. I took the picture because there's Scott going, I have found tattoo motion. So guess what happened? I did it. Anybody want to see it? How many? Thank you. One kid. The rest of you are like, he can't, I, 
I can't believe you really did this. Well, I didn't just go a little bit. Some of y'all, I can't believe when I was out in the lobby a minute ago, you didn't even notice it. Most of you didn't even recognize it or congratulate me because it was very evident when I was walking around. I was kind of hoping people would see it. Nobody said anything, but I want you to know, I didn't just get a tattoo. I went next level. I went and got sleeves, son. Hold on a second. Let me pull that up. Dude, how awesome is that right there, son? Can you believe it? What we're laughing about is everybody that really knows me is like, there's no way he went and got a tattoo. You know why? Because you know I'm a sissy. There ain't no way I could do it. So it was really, really funny as we were going down there and doing this whole thing, we started talking about tattoos, regrets, the stories behind them. And here's what's really awesome. Seriously, there are some beautiful tattoos. For example, Greg Bachelor sent his in. This is his baptism date, which is really, really cool. And then Katie Franks, another one of our dear members here, she sent in her picture because she put her daughter's St. Jude number. And there's always really, really cool stories on that. There's just people wanting to share. They know that I don't know if I can do it or not. Our family is talking about getting our first tattoo together. So we'll see if all that happens. But when I started thinking about all of these beautiful stories and reasons, there's also a group of people out there that are like, no way. They got tattoo regret, no regret, whatever it is. So we've got, we partnered with a local company. You ready for this? This is Tap and Zap Laser Spy. You can get yours removed, all right? And how do you do that? You send in your story and you tell us at evanatthesimplechurch.tv and we're going to pay for that. They're going to donate it and you can get a little tattoo removal. Can I get some love on that now? Come on, y'all. This is for that spouse you keep going. Take her name off of you right now. All right, see, here it is. All right, there it is. You get to make it happen. So as we're talking about all of this, we've had a lot of fun with it. And we're only just beginning. Last week was no regrets, no excuses. It was this idea of you got to kind of eliminate excuses. Go back and watch it. A lot of people are very complimentary, and I think it helped a lot of people. Well, where are we going today? Well, I'll tell you where we're going by asking you a simple question. And it kind of relates back to tattoos because, trust me, I would not do it easily as far as get a tattoo without involving this next part is why I included it. And you go, all right, just enough of that. What is it? Do you know anyone who complains? Stay looking forward. Do not look at your spouse, all right? Don't look at your neighbor. Just kind of stay looking forward. Because I joked with Scott driving all that. And he goes, man, you need to do it. We really did have this conversation. I was like, man, Scott, I have to see, I'm going to complain about the pain. I'm going to complain I can't get in the water because you, you got to wrap it up. There's all these different things you got to do to keep the tattoo right. I'm like, I'm just too much of a sissy. I don't know that I could do it. I would complain too much. So then I started thinking about all the things that we do complain about. And we did it on our way down to Juarez. And while we're in Juarez, we, different people at different times would complain about the weather. It's too cold or it's too hot. People do it in church. You know, I don't like the music. I love the music. Or it's too loud. They could go through so many different things. Or they could go, the preacher's too worldly. He talked about tattoos. You name it. People find things to complain about. Well, I'm guilty of it just as much as you are. It is a part of our culture. And one of my biggest complaints is when a cell phone drops when you're on a call and it drops am i the only one does anybody else hate that as much as me i'll be like how in the world can you put a man on the moon but you can't have a cell phone hold its you know signal but we all have these things one of my other big ones and this is if i go to a fast food restaurant i hate mayonnaise anybody hate mayonnaise where am i hate mayonnaise anybody love mayonnaise see so it's like some hate it some love it i don't like it all right so if it gets on my sandwich if i order go to a restaurant and i order and it comes out on it i complain like I said, no mayonnaise, I can't believe, you know, so you kind of walk through this. And if you were to poll all the people in this room, 
And you were to poll all the people watching online. You heard Evan say it. We have people watching in Australia. Good day there, mate. I can say that, but she's a woman. So I asked my brother-in-law who's in here. He's from Australia. I said, what do I say to, Sheila, to Sheila's? You know, he's like, you don't really. I said, good day, Sheila. I don't know if that's right or not, but you have people watching there. You have people in Maine. Can't use that accent. Don't have it. People are watching all over. If you poll Australia to Maine to, you know, wherever, people all have complaints. And so when you begin to poll them, some people complain about their job and some people complain that they don't have a job. Some people complain about their husband or they complain they don't have a husband. You go through it. It's like everybody's got something. But probably one of my favorite complaints that I hear, and this is a big one from everybody that I talk to, I'll put it on the screen for you. Is it over or under for you when it comes to toilet paper? See? See, there it is right here. And this is what happens. So you go to somebody's house, they come in. Oh my gosh, I can't believe they do the toilet paper that way. Nobody does it that way. It doesn't matter. It is America. That's what we're great at. Traffic, politics, housework, church, you name it. On and on and on. We complain, we complain, we complain. It's very easy for most of us to do. And we actually encourage each other to do it. If we get together, we were just joking. I was out in the lobby and I told him, I said, man, it's kind of cold out here. And somebody said, did you hear the preacher today? You know, I'm like, my bad. All right, I got it. Because other people, it is cold. Everybody, I can't believe it. It's the way our culture is, especially in America. We actually encourage it. We kind of get them to keep it up. So if you go to work, somebody complains about this person or that person or this system or that system, and we just live in it, and that's the way it is. So you may be asking what I have begun to ask is, what's the big deal with it then? You know, it's been around a long time. You're like, yeah, you're right. Happened even from the very beginning, Genesis chapter 3. You ready? Here we go. The man said, you gave me this woman, right? You already know what's going here. This is the complaint. It's her fault. It's his fault. You could go through it. She gave me the fruit from the tree. Already complaining when this blessing of having his partner, he switchly turn, you know, very quickly switches to, I got to complain about it. This is the way it has been from the beginning. You can even look at the book of Job, Job 10.1. This is a really good one. I hate my life. So I will complain without holding back. And most of the Americans said, that's right. I got the right to do that if I want to. Well, maybe by the time we end this message, you'll rethink it. You'll kind of maybe, maybe look at it from a different perspective. Because Job, as many of you know, had a lot of things go wrong. I mean, man, he had a lot of reasons to complain. And here he is. He's like, man, I get it. I'm not even going to hold back. But probably my personal favorite of people complaining, because I'm a former Baptist pastor, I can tell you, if you've ever been in church, and I don't matter, somebody, one of my friends is out there and they're talking about they grew up Church of Christ. You could be Catholic, you'd be Methodist. You're in any church, this is what happens when church people get together. Exodus 16. Then the whole community of Israelites began complaining again. It doesn't take long for Christians to get together and begin to complain. Now, this is prior to Jesus. So these were God followers. These were the Jewish people coming together to complain. They complained to Moses and Aaron in the middle of the desert. Now this is a clue because what's amazing about this complaint is they were under slavery. They had been in captivity. It had not been going well. It was the worst of the worst. They finally get set free. You remember the Red Sea parts. They've got all these things going on. Great. They get to the beginning of the journey. And they're immediately begin to complain. They're not slaves anymore. They're free finally. As the song said this morning, Tiffany's telling you, man, anybody free? They were finally free. But what did they do? They complained. 
They said it would have been better if the Lord had just killed us in the land of Egypt. At least there we had plenty to eat because as soon as they didn't get their food on time, everybody began to complain. We had all the food we needed back then, right? But now you've brought us out here in the desert. We're just going to die of hunger. Poor, pitiful us. It's the way we all are. Now, you may be thinking, Justin, okay, I get it. But what does this have to do with regrets? Great question. If you got a place where you take notes, if you're the person that we can, they're on the app, you can download them. But if you're the kind that needs to take a picture of the screen to remember this, do whatever you have to do because this is a good one to remember. If you want to be divisive, if you want to hurt God, and if you want to drive other people away from you, keep complaining. Because this is what happens when we live in constant complaint. No one really wants to be around you. I know that's hard to hear. I know it's hard to deal with. And I know I can be just as guilty as you. And this is why we have to deal with it. Because we don't want regrets in our life going, man, I regret that this has become such a habit or I live in this place. Now, it is true. Everyone in this room, as soon as I put this on here, you start going, I'm going to rationalize why I do it. And we can say, well, it's not a big deal. And I don't even know what the big deal is and why we got to go through this. Or you can choose option two. And this is also important. Take a picture, make the notes, write it down. Don't care if you're a church person, you're living in the world, you finally got here and you're visiting. Thank you for coming because this is a truth that will help all of us, including me. The reverse of the last little quote, if you want to live with no regrets, that's what it has to do with. Why would I say it's no regrets? If you want to build relationships, if you want to honor God, then quit complaining. Now, Come on, Justin. Some of you say already. It's like it's a part of our culture. It's going to be difficult to get rid of. This is who we are. I get it. But I'm going to also remind you of the God principle in this. And many of you go, why do you got to bring God into this? Well, because as you'll see as we go through this message, it matters to him a lot. Matter of fact, complaining offends the heart of God. Although in America we're good at it, although your family, your business, your relations, you may be really good at it. When it comes to the relationship with God, God's like, I don't like it, and it offends me. And you go, I'll prove it. All right, got it. Numbers 11. Here we go. The people started complaining about their troubles. Typical story, been around from the beginning, but here we go. The Lord heard their complaints. Well, that's good to know because he hears your complaints as well. But he heard these things, and he became, what's the last word here? He didn't like it. So you have these examples already. You're like, okay, we're so used to it. We just, I mean, think about it. Television shows, news stories, workplaces, homes, we all complain. It's part of who we are, and we're so good at it. We're like, man, I can't believe it. And you can do it without even really knowing what's going on. And here is the same situation. And God hears it, and he's like, no, man, I'm not, I'm not good with this. He's actually angry. It continues, fire from the Lord burned among the people. Now, when you talk about God bringing the fire down, everybody talks about all of these different components and, you know, ideas of God and stories to learn from. This is one that I didn't hear growing up because all of us in the church are complaining. We probably didn't want to talk about it. And here we are today. It's like, no, I'm telling you, man, fire from God burnt down on the people. The fire burned some of the areas to the edge of the camp. So the people cried to Moses for help. Here they go again, like, hey, Moses. I know we've been complaining a lot, but man, this is getting too dicey, man. That fire is coming. This is not good. 
So I'm not the smartest guy in the world. You know, I'm not a theologian. I haven't studied a whole lot to know everything, but I can get this much. Apparently, God is not good with complaining. You'll see it in the scripture. You see these examples in these stories. So if we're honest, we really aren't either. And I can prove it to you. And you go, well, Justin, prove it to me then. Any parents in the room, let me hear you out there. Where are my parents at? Thank you for getting here. Thank you for coming. All right. Glad, glad you're here. Any grandparents in the room? Where are my grandparents at? Just go ahead. And, there's one right there. See, that's, you're like, I hear you, buddy. He's like, oh, my grandparents, my parents, this is it. How do I know you're not good with complaining? Let your kid or your grandchild come in and go, I'm bored. There's nothing to do. Let them go to the cabinet and open up the cabinet and have a pantry full of food. And they go, there's nothing to eat here, mama. I don't like any of this. And what do you say? It's okay, baby. Oh, God bless your heart. We'll get you something. Where do you want to go? Then you'll drive on down to the fast food place. And you get in here and you go, all right, we're here at McDonald's. I hate McDonald's. I want Chick-fil-A. It's closed on Sunday. You could go through over and over and over again. But the best example of why we don't like it is because we know that when our kids do it, it's not very flattering. It's not very appealing. It is actually aggravating. And we try to correct it. But the irony is, as adults, we're not any better. So I thought about how can I illustrate this point? Well, it's a new year, and when you're trying to start a new year, you try to get off to fresh starts, and you try new things as a family, and there's nothing better than having a kid complain about that or gripe about that. And this is probably one of my favorite clips. played it maybe once or twice in the history of Simple Church, but I've got to bring it back because this is exactly what it looks like when you complain and you're ungrateful from the parental side of things. Watch. Daddy and I are making some changes so that we can be happier and healthier. And we're starting with this meal that I prepared. I think it looks great. Doesn't it look good? What is that, grilled cheeses? No, baked, baked tofu. Oh. It's actually really tasty. And the lettuce is so fresh and tasty that you forget how good lettuce tastes on its own without dressing. No, dressing always gets in the way of the natural taste of the lettuce. Mm. And another thing we've decided is to cut back on all of the electronics we use. Basically, what we're gonna do is get rid of the Wi-Fi and only use the computer what? from 8 to 8.30 at night. How are we gonna go on the computer? We're gonna have a hard line in the kitchen. Yeah, we'll supervise that. You can't do this. You can't take away the Wi-Fi. No Wi-Fi, ha-ha-ha. You don't spend enough time with the family when you're constantly on your iPhone and your computer and you know, you should, you're only here for five more years. So you won't see me after five years? No, but you won't be living with us. And you should get to know your little sister. You've got the perfect friend right here. I don't want to be friends with her now. I'll be friends with her when she's 20 and a normal person. I don't want to hang out with her when I'm in my 20s. You're on the computer too much as it is. You need to get outside more. Do some playing outside. Yeah, you can build things. out. You can build a, a fort outside. What? Yeah, build a fort. Play with your friends and have... Make some... a fort outside? Yeah. And do what? Have little... Do what in the fort? When I was a kid, we used to build tree houses and play with sticks. Nobody plays with sticks. You and Charlotte can have a lemonade stand. 
Play kick the can. Look for dead bodies? It's fun. That's fun to do. Get a tire and then just take a stick and run down a street with it. Nobody does that crap. It's 2012. You don't need technology. No technology. Charlotte, put that down. I don't need to be monitored all the time on the computer. I don't do anything bad. Nobody said you were bad. I don't do things I'm not supposed to. I don't illegally download music. No. I don't look at porn like Wendy. She is up to no good. She's not allowed to come over here anymore. What's porn? No, she said corn. This isn't turning out the way I wanted it to. I'm not hungry. No computer. Listen to your mom. I need to use it for my homework. She's out playing us. Any parent related out there? Where are you on? Of course. You're like, I cannot believe that they're ungrateful. They don't understand. They don't get it. Well, from I'm bored to I don't have anything to eat, it makes the parental fire want to rain down. In the same way, this is what God's saying to us. is like, I listen to you, and it appears to me that you're very ungrateful. It's like you don't really know what you have. You don't appreciate what's been done for you. And you constantly live in a place of complaint. And I don't like it. So then I start looking a little deeper into scripture and I find point number two. When we complain, it carries consequences. And you go, well, what does that mean, Justin? Well, complainers are like people who have bad breath. It's spiritual bad breath. You really don't want to be around them. It pushes people away. It's hard to ignore as well because when you get around, it's like, okay, I got you. I know what's going on. And when you complain, it drives people away. That's just one of the consequences. But if you still have doubts about consequences, how about a little deeper look? Numbers 14. How long will these evil people continue to complain against me? I have heard their complaints and their griping. This is once again what we're known for, what we're good at. So tell them, the Lord says that he will surely do all those things to you that you complained about. So he's like, oh, you want to complain about something? How about I go ahead and do that to you? This is what's going to happen to you, God says. This is tough right here. You will die in the desert, and every person who is 20 years old or older who has counted as one of my people will die. You complained against me. So none of you will ever enter and live in the land that I promised to give you. Now you're going, well, now wait a second. What God, what, what is he saying? He's saying, well, when you complain and you constantly complain about the same thing, how about I let that thing happen to you? So that you'll have, if you ever said this, parent, I'll give you something to complain about. You've said it. This is the biblical example of, oh, really? I'll give you something to complain about. This is God. Now, thank God this is Old Testament. And thank God we have New Testament because there's something called grace. Thank God. But there is still a valuable lesson to apply from the Old Testament to where we are today. Yes, God is full of love. Yes, God is full of grace now. Thank God, but those principles still apply. And remember this. And you go, what do you mean it still applies? Well, this is truthful. You know this. But this is why we got to address it as we talk about it moving into a new year. Last week, get rid of the excuses you have in your life. This week, let's get rid of complaining. Why? Because if you complain, if you are bitter, if you are negative, if you are critical by nature, guess what? 
you will always find stuff to complain about. You will always be negative, and you will always find things to be critical about. So you go, well, what am I supposed to do about it, Justin? I mean, we live in a culture full of it. I mean, how in the world, if this is the way I was raised or this is who I am, how am I supposed to change this? Here's some advice from Paul. You ready? Paul's advice is simple. This is tough. This is New Testament, Philippians 2.14. Do, what's this word? That sounds like a whisper. Give me a little louder. What's this? Everything without complaining or arguing. Now, y'all know I'm not a theologian, but I did look it up. And in the Greek language, the original language, what did everything mean? Everything. That's what it meant. You go, well, what do you mean, Justin? Well, here's the thing. You and I complain about everything. I mean, this is the truth. You, you can name it, man. It doesn't matter what it is. We have some way in America of coming around and just living in this place of complaining over and over and over again. And then here is why it matters today. As you look back on your life, you are going to drive people away from you. When you go to work, you're like, man, eventually you, it's bad breath. You get away from them because you cannot stay around someone who every time you get around them, they're negative, they're bitter, they complain, they always see, you know, what's going, I can't believe this happened, I can't believe that, what's going, you're like, man, I'm stepping away from them. And so Paul was writing, as you start looking in the New Testament, like, hey, listen, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, let's get rid of it. Let's quit this arguing thing. Let's quit this complaining thing. And then you can live a life of no regrets. Because when you stop complaining, you don't look back and go, man, I regret that. No, it's like no complaints equal no regrets. Now you go, can you give me a better example? Something that I can really grab hold of. Yes, I can. Just got back from Juarez, Mexico. In this trip that we're going down to Juarez, where there's a lot of logistics that have to happen. We had a big 26-foot trailer, all of the fire equipment on the, on the back, all of the luggage and the supplies from shoes to food to we were giving away T-shirts. We had all of this other stuff in the truck. 26-foot is a long trailer. So we get down, and we're going to take it across the border. And when we get down there, me and Scott have gone down early. We drove it down early. We get there, and in the midst of everything that's going on, we get the fire supplies out. Everything's going smooth, no problems, no complaints. Then all of a sudden, we get ready to take the luggage from the people that are flying in. We're taking the trailer to pick them up at the airport because if y'all remember, what happened this past week when it came to airplanes? Does anybody remember anything? Oh, do you might not see the news? Oh, that's right. Yeah, FAA shut down, period, every flight. Well, woo! So I'm sure if you were to get with this Warriors group, there were no complaining. They're all Christians. Of course they wouldn't complain, would they? You and I know better than that, don't you? So this is what happens. There's a little bit of griping, a little bit of complaining. I can't believe it. Are we going to make it? Are we not going to make it? Not everybody, not all the time, but that's kind of who we are. And Are we going to drive? Are we not going to drive? They're trying to figure it out because they're stuck in Dallas and trying to figure out what they're going to do. Me and Scott are stuck in El Paso trying to figure out when they're coming in. We got this big, long trailer with all the stuff. And I talked to Carlos, and I'm like, Carlos, when, we, when they come in, well, I guess we'll just pull the trailer up. We'll put their carry-on luggage in there. We'll get across the border or whatever. And he's like, oh, no. I don't think we're going to do that. I'm like, what do you mean, Carlo? Well, finally, after all the delays, they finally get there. And as we're crossing the border to come pick them up in El Paso, he's like, I got a different plan. We're going to go with the small trailer. I'm like, the what? When we get there to, the, uh, to get ready to pick them up, we went from a 26-foot trailer and supplies down to a 12-foot trailer. Y'all do the math. 
I look at them like, how are we going to get all this in there and whatever? Well, then they're just, we're cramming it in. It's a mess. There was no complaining, not even this pastor. I'm like, what are we doing? This is stupid. Why are we doing it? I'm losing my cool. Scott's losing his cool. We don't really know what's going on. We get to the airport because they're going to pick them up. I have, I'm taking the fire chief and Dwayne. We're going out to eat. Then I get phone calls and texts, and everybody's just happy. They were just praising the Lord. Do you think that? No, it's like, man, I can't do anything. Oh, my God. And it, because we're all guilty. There's no one gets a pass on this. When it doesn't go your way, when you don't understand it, when you can't explain it, it makes you mad, and in your anger, you begin to complain, and you begin to argue your point and why I'm right, and you can't believe it. We're all there. So in the midst of all that, me and Scott are trying to figure it out. We did the best we could. We messed it up. They messed it up. Carla, it's not going smooth. In the process, all of the stuff that was in the back seat of our truck, because we picked up Dwayne and uh, Brad, we had to move it to the back of our truck. Well, guess what? When they didn't let us take the big trailer over and we couldn't take our truck over, some of the stuff in the back of the truck didn't make the trip. Isn't that a blessing? So there's one particular lady, and I'll show you her picture. This is Miss Jackie. Miss Jackie's luggage was the one that did not make it. And I'm thinking, oh no. Because now we're in El Paso. They have made it into Juarez, but her luggage and all of her stuff, you got to remember you're staying in a dorm situation, fans, blankets, sleeping bags. She don't get her stuff. And the reason I put it on the screen is not because she was a complainer, <laughs> because she was the rare breed of Christian. It don't matter, baby. I don't need all that. I'll be just fine. And let me tell you something. When it don't go right and it's not going your way and you have the ability to be an encourager, you have an ability to say, man, it's okay. We're going to figure it out. There's something very pleasing, something very pleasant, something very attractive about that. I began to meet with her that night because I'm apologizing on behalf of, of the mistake. I'm like, hey, Jackie. She said, Justin, would you please let it go, honey? Because we got it there by the next morning. They only had one night without it. But she was like, it is so minimal. This is, don't mean it. it's okay, baby. Why are you so worried about it? And what did she do? She chose to carry the biggest bag of shoes as we handed them out. No complaints. Same clothes she drove in? Probably. <laughs> Didn't matter to her. We got out there with all the babies and all the kids. What does she do? She's grabbing them up and loving on them. The sweetest, kindest response. And then Robin, last night, she sends me a video. She's, you ain't going to believe what Miss Jackie sent. I mean, what she said, excuse me, because she sent me the video. I was like, what? She said she got up to share with the group about all that God did in her life. And what a blessing this church has been to her. And how thankful she is that she's been accepted, that she's been loved, that she had the opportunity to do all this. I'm going to try to show the video to you, but it just, because they're coming from Mexico, the quality wasn't good. I'll try to show it next week. Miss Jackie don't know it's going to be shown, but I want to show it because what would your video look like? When all of your clothes are left, when nothing goes your way, when you get to a first time she's been to Juarez, never been there before. Everybody's going, it's the most dangerous place in the world. You can never do this. She's going, I'm all in. Whatever I got to do, however I can help. The greatest, sweetest, kindest, most loving attitude. And I'm thinking, would this preacher do that? Oh, no. I think she's preaching next week. So y'all come and see her, all right? Why? Because this is the challenge. 
See, it's easy when it goes your way. If everybody at work, tomorrow, Tuesday, everything's right. You're, that's right. But boy, when it don't go your way, how do you respond? In America, when your guy gets in or your girl gets in, everything, oh, that's right. But what happens when it don't? Weather, you like it cool? What happens if it's hot? You like it hot, but it's cool. What do you do? And as a believer, God is saying, trust me. And what I want you to be known for is no complaining, no arguing. Reflect me, even in the worst of the situations. Now, if you're married in this room, you will get this. If somebody comes in for marriage counseling and they're trying to figure it out, they're not going well in their relationship, the, one of the things they do is immediately begin to complain about the other person. There's usually a long list. I can't believe they do this. I can't believe they do this. Oh, my gosh, this and this. And, blah, blah. and it's just you begin to see everything negative. And the one thing that you try to do as a counselor is you try to redirect the focus and you ask a question like this, is there anything you do like about them? And if, it, and if they're honest, at the moment, maybe there's not, but deep down them, you go, give them a minute. What attracted you to them? What are some positive qualities about this person? And the minute you begin to turn your focus from complaining and all the list of negatives to, man, what you're grateful for and what you get out of them and what God has blessed you with, it's amazing how things can begin to change. Ephesians 4, 29. When you talk, don't say anything bad. Now, this did not apply to me when things did not go right in Juarez. Because I was the one that said some things I probably shouldn't have said. It was just me and Scott, thank God. Well, Dwayne and Brad were in there and we were going, I can't believe this and why did Carlos do this and it doesn't make any sense and why are we having to unload? Because we had to unload the 26 foot, try to get it in there in a short amount of time. It was frustrating. And in the midst of all that, some people would say, well, did you cuss? You answer that. <laughs> and this is what it talks about. Everybody's like, that's what it's talking about. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. No, that's part of it. But here's the even harder part than not cussing. But say the good things that people need Whatever will help them to go stronger, to be effective. It continues to say, then what you say will be a blessing to those who hear it. So it's like, even when it goes wrong, it's not about just this, I'm cussing. It's a matter of fact that what you're saying to one another is either helping or it's hurting. It's either uplifting or it's knocking down. And many, you know, arrogant Christians are like, well, I don't cuss. I'm like, no, but if you ever said anything bad about anybody, it's equivalent. And I'm talking about the relative you don't like, the coworker, something's going on. We've all been there. So it's like, okay, this is the challenge. This is why following Jesus is tough and why this pastor, this preacher, this dude right here, I need him because I don't get it right. And I'm like, all right, God, forgive me and help me. God, I messed that up. Help me. So I'm going to ask you a silly question. Have you ever said anything you regret? Family, friends, kids, coworkers, community, it doesn't matter. And here's another thing. Looking at scripture, here's some more advice. If you're about to complain, try this technique. What technique, Justin? Bite your tongue. Now, biting your tongue hurts. I did it. Done it before, man. It'll leave a little mark. But I can tell you something. Why is it important to bite your tongue? Proverbs says it like this. When a fool bites his tongue, he's considered wise. So shut your mouth when you're provoked, and it'll make you look smart. And I start thinking, boy, I look dumb a lot. 
So God, help me to shut my mouth. Help me to bite my tongue. And if you're going to open your mouth, focus on the good. You pull in today and you're, you thought we were in hall one and you're walking down to wall, you know, hall three and you're like, well, praise the Lord. We get a few more steps in, honey. I'm sure that's what I heard when we were coming down. Parking lot's full. Oh, my God, man, look at it. Well, praise the Lord, man. It looks like the store is busy. Thank God, helping the economy. Or do you go, there's so many people, I can't find nowhere to park. You're going out to eat right after this. You get the restaurant and the food's slow, the server's slow. You walk in, you go, well, man, thank God we have more time to talk as a family. Yeah, y'all laughing. Y'all pray for them. I heard both of you. <laughs> or, pray for me. I go there and I'm like, I want a chicken sandwich, no mayonnaise, man. I want barbecue sauce on the side. And they come back and it's just slathered with mayonnaise. And you know what I say? Fat boy don't need to eat anyway. Amen. <laughs> because here's the thing. The what is simple. Don't complain. The why is even more simple because it makes you like Christ. So when you're complaining, you're not Christ-like. But when you're biting your tongue and holding your tongue, even when things aren't going right, you're very Christ-like. Matthew 26, 63, but Jesus said nothing. When is this talking about? On his worst day? When people accused him, when people spit on him, when people beat him, he said nothing. First Peter says it like this, people insulted him, but he did not insult them back. He suffered, but he did not threaten anyone. No, he let God take care of them. He let God take care of him. So it's this thing of going, you know what, God? I am in your hands and I trust you. And when we do that, it will lead to a no regrets life. Where you will regret things is when you're sitting there going, I'm going to handle this. And ain't nobody going to do that. And you need to do it. It's like, uh-uh, God, I need you to help. I'm going to bite my tongue like you did. Help me. That's the no regrets life. Now, before you get out of here, I got one video and one song. I don't want anybody to get up and leave and distract anybody because... If you like country music, you're going to be real happy because this is a very popular song on the radio right now. And the reason I decided to put it into this message, we've played it before, I don't know how long ago, but quite a while ago. Beautiful song, great song by a guy by the name of Cody Johnson called Till You Can't. It has a great message. It's all about no regrets, doing what you can right now. But I ran across the interview by happenstance, literally. I'm on the internet and something comes up and it's like Cody Johnson explains why he recorded the song. He didn't write this song. And it's because he actually says in the interview, I did not want to look back and regret anything. And I thought, man, here we go. So I pulled the whole interview, about two minutes, not the whole interview, the interview segment that he talks about this. And there's lessons to learn for all of us in here. And then as we watch this interview and listen to what he says, pay attention to the words of the song, and then I'll come back at the end and I will pray for all of us, including me, because this is truly how we get to the place of no regrets. It will involve seeing things from the right perspective. And when we see things from the right perspective, we will not complain. Watch. The song Till You Can't, uh, you didn't write that one, but is there a lyric, a specific lyric in that one that really hit home for you that you were like, man, I got to do this one? I think it's the whole, the whole message, man. I mean, you know, I've lost a friend this year, um, 
I've had uh, almost very, and I'm being serious when I say this, we had a plane almost crash, a private plane. We were flying to a NASCAR event and uh, really sat there for about 30 minutes as the plane is going down with my wife. Like, this is it. You know, I love you. And I, I'm thinking about things I regret, thinking about things that I could have done. Why didn't, why did I tell my little girls I was too busy to get in the floor and play? You know, why didn't I make that phone call and apologize to that person? Why didn't I tell that person, hey, it's okay to be Christian and, and not be perfect? You know, like all those opportunities that I didn't seize. And uh, even my wife, like, why, why, don't I, why don't I do these things? Why didn't I? And it start, started making me think until you can't. So wait, the, you, sorry, it was 30 minutes. It was a pretty rough deal. Oh, lots uh, of alarms and lots of altitude loss and lots of. And who was on with you? Your wife? My wife and my tour manager, Jackson, my road manager, Noe. And it, wow. was, a, it was a pretty, it was, it was the closest near death experience I've had since riding bulls and working to prison. So it was, I never had that happen before, but so here's, here's, here's where the perspective changes after that. When I'm singing the song, it's like, take that phone call from your mama and just talk away. Cause you never know how, you know, you, you how bad you want it. Well, what if it ain't mama? You know, we all think about grandpa going because he's grandpa, but we're not guaranteed the next minute, man. Yeah. I could leave this studio and that would be it. This could, this very well could be the last one I ever do right here. And when you think about that, when you think about every day like that, you're like, well, what? It, it's till you can't, it's till you can't get up and do those things. It's not till they can't. Yeah. And that's, it's seize the day, you know, seize those opportunities. And we live in a world that's so divided by politics and so divided by race and so divided by everything you can come up with. Man, just love people. Mm-hmm. Just love people because you're not going to, you only get to do it so long. This ride only lasts so long, you know? You can kill your old man and do some large mouth fishing another time. Just got too much on the plate. Baby cast the line If it always put a rain check in his hand He can't You keep putting on forever With that girl whose heart you hold Swearing that she'll last someday Further down the road You can always put a diamond on If you got a chance, take it, take it while you got a chance. If you got a dream, chase it, cause the dream won't chase you back. If you're gonna love somebody, hold them strong and strong and as close as you can, do you can. There's a box of crazy parts sitting in the trunk of that 65. We'll wait on you and your granddad to bring you back to life. Don't really get around to fixing up that Pontiac. You can't. If you got a chance, take it. Take it while you got a chance. If you got a dream, chase it. Cause the dream won't chase you back. If you're gonna love somebody, hold them. Phone call from your mama. It just talked away. 
You'll never know how bad you want to Think ain't someday Don't wait on tomorrow Cause tomorrow may not show it Say your sorries, your I love you Man, you never know You got a chance Take it Take it while you got a chance If you got a dream Chase it Cause the dream won't chase you back Cause you're gonna love somebody Hold them as long and strong And as close as you can Till you can Yeah, if you got a chance Take it Take it while you got a chance Hey, man, I hope you got something out of today. I can tell you I am only preaching to myself because I think we're all guilty of it at times. But, man, if we could just be a little bit more like Miss Jackie as she was trying to be exactly like Jesus, what a difference it'll make. And as we walk out these doors today into that world out there that, man, it's tough, and I'm just going to say a prayer for you that we together can represent him the way that he wants us to. Father, I just come to you. Uh, you know I mess this up a lot, man. I can just get in a place and see things wrong and say things, you know, wrong. And I just thank you for your grace. I thank you for your forgiveness. And I ask you just to help me. Uh, and I know I'm not the only one praying that. Uh, I just pray that as we're all, you know, confessing how we mess this up, that you would just give us the strength we need to represent you in a way that brings you honor and glory. Now, I can say that I saw it for sure in the way Miss Jackie did it. it. It made me want to be with her. It made me want to sit down and talk to her. It made me want to be closer to her. When somebody complains, man, you go the other way. When somebody's griping and negative and bitter, man, you just kind of want to step away. And so, Lord, help us to be more like you, more like her, and let it be who we are as a church. I know there's, there's many people in here that the church has heard them, and they've been in environments like that before, and uh, that's why they ran away from it. And I just thank you, God, that they're here today, that they're watching online. So many people now watching online from Australia to Maine to St. Louis to, you know, Hawaii, all over. And I pray that we all together, wherever part of the world we live in, we would come together and say, God, this is our heart. We want you to change us. And for somebody that's never experienced that, it's a simple prayer like this. Jesus, I've messed it up, and I want you to come into my life and change me. I believe you died on the cross. I believe that you shed your blood for me. And most importantly, Lord, you rose again. Because that gives us hope and strength uh, to face tomorrow. We can rise again because you rose again. Help us to represent you, to bite our tongue Lord, to stop complaining. Help us, God, to be like you. We love you and we thank you that you give us another chance. And today is the beginning of that. A new year, a new opportunity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.